we don't even really care about the actual referral fee. We don't care about affiliate fee. And they should be looking at this retention side of, hey, these guys actually help us retain. We get probably, I would say, six to seven partnership requests per day, but not many of them tell us, just make it super simple for us, you know, put it on a plate for us. Welcome to Make Them Famous, the podcast about partner enablement. The only podcast to uncover both how partner teams enable their partners and how other department leaders enable their partner teams to achieve success. Welcome back to Make Them Famous. I'm your host, Alex Glenn. Welcome, partnerships people. This is the podcast if you want to hear valuable, strategic, actionable insights from two sides of the partnership equation. Today's episode comes to you because of a LinkedIn post that I read featuring a founder of a top e-commerce agency who is stressing the importance of incentivizing agency partners based on retention, not just referrals. I'm privileged today to interview Adam Pierce, CEO of Blend Commerce, and his co-founder, CVO, Peter Gardner, who posted to LinkedIn and caught my attention. These two operate a killer, fast-growing Shopify Plus agency focused on customer experience design with notable partners Clavio, Octane, and AI, and Gorgeous. Peter and Adam receive six to 10 partnership requests per day. So we aim this episode to find out what they reply to and spend their valuable resources, human-based resources, resources for design, development, education, what do they spend their resources on and why? If you are interested in the genesis of their current and best partnerships, what about those partnerships make them the best? If you cannot bring referrals, what can you bring that's valuable? How Adam and Peter interpret a new tech outreach for partnerships from cold, what's critical for tech teams to understand when reaching out to a new agency, why they double down on Shopify Plus certification recently, what resource allocations went into that, difference between low referral frequency, thought leadership expert implementation, an agency high referral shop that does a ton of quick business and can be a pure referral partner the value of going deeper into an accreditation or certification with a tech platform, the risks included for an agency when deciding to go that route and when to sign contracts and when not to. If you're interested in those topics, you will love this episode. This is for your partnerships leads. This is for your CEOs, potentially even for your sales and marketing leads. Enjoy this episode, but first, please take two minutes to listen to a review of three platforms that can seriously help you find and enable your top partner prospects. Enjoy. Well, we could not make this podcast famous without help from our sponsors. For sponsorship, we looked to three platforms that help you find, activate, enable, and manage your partner program. These three tools may be the only tools that you'll need to effectively run partnership. The tools in question are Reveal for account mapping and running co-selling operations, Partner Stack for scaling a multi-tiered commission-centric program, and Partner Hub for working closely day-to-day 
with MSPs, managed service providers. Partner Stack probably needs no, in, no introduction, excuse me. They work with top tech companies like Monday.com, Unbounced, Intercom, and Webflow. And it's a company that we recommend when you are ready to scale your commission-centric, usually a multi-tiered partner program. Check out partnerships, I'm sorry, partner stack to scale partnerships. Revealed, again, when you're ready to really get into the revenue operation of partnerships, that means that you want to map accounts, see what the overlap is, see who I'm targeting that you're also targeting, see who I'm targeting that you're not targeting, and come up with a strategy to get those accounts into my pipeline, into your pipeline, and to build that pie, that bigger and bigger pie together. Oftentimes, you'll invite a partner to an account mapping solution that has a paywall too early, which is prohibitive for a lot of uh, the target audiences that our partner programs are after, the digital agencies. Uh, if you invite them to reveal, you can trust that they won't hit a paywall. There's 360 account mapping UI in reveal for free and it is at reveal.co. Finally, Partner Hub. Again, it's a partner operations platform. Partnerships has a lot going on. Who's doing what at what stage in the partnership are the questions that many of my partner managers ask themselves. Partner Hub is here to solve for what are we doing with partnerships? Who's doing what? Where are our partners? And if we need to find more, are we able to go and shop for more partners? Partner Hub answers all of those questions with yes, and it is free. It's free for top tech companies like Apollo, AudioEye, Smith, Grobots, Recart, Customer.io, and it's free for digital agencies like Hawk Media, Trellis, Aptitude A, Creative Trends. A lot of these tech companies and agencies use Partner Hub to find and align with each other, MSP, managed service provider, digital agency, as well as SaaS tech companies. So check it out, partnerhub.app. And again, thank you for listening. I'll let you get back to the show. So yeah, I'm Adam Pierce. I am one of the co-founders and CEO at Blend Commerce. Um, so we are a Shopify Plus agency uh, that specializes in customer experience. Um, we do a lot of work with Clavio. And uh, in terms of, I guess, some of our key partners, I would say Clavio, Octane AI, um, and probably Gorgeous, I would say, are, are probably in our, our top top partners, I would say. And Peter, what are you up to? Yeah, also one of co-founders. Uh, I'm now moved into the role of CVO, so Chief Visionary Officer. I was doing the operations role uh, up until about a few months ago. But yeah, also, we I work very closely with our clients and helping them sort of understand growth opportunities and obviously implementing um, the likes of Clavio and Octane and uh, things like OmniConvert um, with, our, with our clients. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, you guys uh, definitely are on the radar of a lot of e-commerce tech. I get requests all the time to introduce you guys to one of our tech users. And I, I try to make sure not to bombard you with stuff but uh if i see a good opportunity i'll definitely you know put it in your put it in your inbox and see if i can help you guys form a new partnership but that's great so clavio octane ai gorgeous shopify plus is the newest endeavor you guys are going 
um, upstream, it sounds like, and um, focusing on bigger builds and UX for maybe mid-market enterprise, larger e-commerce stores. Um, so that's the persona that we're talking about. Digital agency, yes, um, but very focused on mid-market plus e-commerce on Shopify. Um, any big commerce, any other platforms besides Shopify, Magento, anything else? Nothing else from us, Alex. We are strictly Shopify. So let's talk about some of the genesis of Klaviyo. I don't think that interesting. We've had uh, a whole bunch of stuff on Klaviyo. Gorgeous. Everybody knows. Uh, very great companies there. But I like to look at some of the smaller ones, some of the ones that you guys may never have heard of, and then they entered your inbox, and then you kind of started to discuss the partnership. So Adam, if anything like that comes to mind, um, what would be a good um, a good example of a smaller company that you may not have had much experience with? They reached out or you met them at a conference, something happened, and then it snowballed into a partnership. Let's start there. Mm, Anyone come to yeah, mind? Yeah, sure. I think that there's two that come to mind. The, the first one is a company called VideoWise, um, who have been around for, I would probably say about sort of 18 months proper now. The thing that I really liked with these guys, they're run by a guy called Claudio Coba. And what essentially they, they do in terms of a solution is they allow you to pull video from wherever it might be in terms of YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and then turn that into shoppable video on your store. Now, the solution itself is great. But what was really great about those guys is that from a Palace's point of view, the way that they, I guess, essentially won us is that without us kind of even having a partnership call, they bought leads to us, which was phenomenal. Um, it was like, hey, guys, we've heard about you. We know you're a great agency. We have a client who at the moment is doing this with us. We think you'd be a really good fit to have a conversation with them. And I think they probably they probably introduced maybe like five or six brands, Peter, was it? Within the first like couple of weeks of us knowing each other. So from our point of view, I mean, look, yeah, that's, that's golden. Um, and we actually converted one of those leads that we had introduced to us, and they are now one of our biggest clients. So tip of the hat really to those guys. Um, they did, you know, that they had, you know, a good good batch of people they're working with, and they outreached us to then obviously try and work on that perspective. I think the other thing with those guys as well is that they are very good from a, a kind of a training perspective. Look, like you know, Alex, everyone does a lunch and learn. Some people do them appallingly. Some people do them okay. Not many people do them well. Um, these guys do. So I've been really impressed with them. Um, Peter, is there anyone else you want to kind of throw into that in that respect? Kind of. Yeah, I think you mentioned you got two. I think I know the other one you're going to say. So you, you go ahead and say that one, and then I'll mention the next two. So, yeah, I think the one, Penny Black, um, is another one that's been interesting to us. Um, these guys, essentially what they do is they allow you to use data to personalize your packaging. So what you can do is that you can have a personalized insert within your packaging or even actually personalize your packaging. Um, the reason that we like these guys is that because it gave us something to sell in terms of retained hours. And I think that's the absolute key for us is that, look, we get probably, I would say, six to seven partnership requests per day, but not many of them tell us, well, actually, look, guys, you can add this amount of hours onto a Clavio retainer. So for us, that again, that was a golden one because it was like, you know, we don't even really care about the actual referral fee. We don't care about affiliate fee with them guys. It's like, right, we can make money directly out of your solution, which I think, you know, generally speaking with partnerships is, again, 
I mentioned golden ticket earlier. If you can bring us a lead and if you can help us make money you know, longer term than just referral fees or affiliate fees, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, to jump, to jump on what Adam's saying there as well, the other, the other app that sort of comes to mind on my side is OmniConvert um, mm. and using Reveal and Explore from OmniConvert. Basically, you, you can build your whole retainer around that uh, and the data that you find in there. And the reason why it was very interesting for us, we got trained up very, de- very detailed training from the team there. And then off the back of that, we can now work with merchants directly with those solutions where they don't understand that data that's getting pushed through with those platforms. I love it. I love it. I was going to ask, when did you um, start partnering with VideoWise? Probably, yeah, I would say about an hour ago. An, an hour ago, sorry. Um, a year ago. <laughs> what am I That's talking good. about? I was just going to say, you mentioned <laughs> his, lunch. his lunch and learn was really effective. So we um, we do this event in our, this is for our, our partnership leaders community. We do these live partner pitch sessions, which we love to have one of you guys show up to do it. It's really fun. We actually invite three products that are right for this persona, this agency persona. So we yeah. had uh, Jordan from the Snow Agency and we invited VideoWise, Nasto and Rewind to pitch. And then Jordan and I give actual feedback right after the pitches. And sometimes it's brutal feedback. Like, what were you thinking (laughs) by doing this? But it's such good training and such good information. And one of the things that I've noticed that I think you mentioned in in part is that they don't articulate the partner track, what it is I'm going to do with your product. They focus, we give them 10 minutes and we've seen that most of them will spend seven or eight minutes on the product and what the Mm. product does for the store and what reviews they have and how many logos they have and you know how many users don't mention logos we don't care yeah we don't care <laughs> but you you mentioned like how do you you know show me show me what it is i'm going to do with your product we call that a partner track right so you mentioned services on top of the product so if i can come to you and so and show you how you can create incremental or even large margins on top of the services you already sell with my product, you're going to be less worried about anything else. You're going to be thinking about, oh, well, I'm leaving stuff on the table by not including your product in those retainers. And that stuff is margins, maybe it's time spent, maybe it is actually um, an increase in value on the retainer, but there's stuff there. And, and then I'm at least, I'm, I'm more or less as an agency founder obligated to at least hear you out and at least explore what it is you're talking about and see if it is true or not. And if it's true, then I'll invite you back to do something else. And then I'll get you with my strategy lead and I'll get you with my XYZ. So I really like that you mentioned that. So when I'm coming to you as a new tech partner, your advice is what? Uh, back to Adam to explain what you mean in a little more detail as far as like what works as a new tech product entering your inbox and wanting to do a lunch and learn and then what should they focus on when they're doing that first two weeks of like getting to know you and your agency? What are some things that really work? I think one of the, the smartest moves, you know, to make is that number one is ask us about actually how we structure our service. And I would say it's kind of any tech partner. If you know, you know, when you're dealing with agencies, some agencies are project-based, some are retainer-based, some are kind of a hybrid. But if you can understand from the agency, right, initially, just tell me about what your retainer service is. 
typically speaking, you know, how many hours a month are you doing for that client? What other things are you going to do? If you also know on top of that, that, you know, one of our key partners, for example, is Clavio. If you can then say, okay, well, right. Well, with my service, you can add this onto a Clavio retainer, onto a CRO retainer, onto a growth retainer, and you would do these things with these people in your organization. That then makes it a no-brainer. And I think, you know, it, it's an interesting one because a lot of the time, I don't, I don't even think we've ever been asked that question, really, in terms of about our service in too much detail by a tech partner. I really don't remember being asked that question properly. And I think you know, tech partners miss out on such a lot because they is almost in a way, what I would like to see from them coming back to us, coming with a proposal of saying, look, work with our piece of tech. You could run these many hours for your retainer or when you're building a project at this amount of setup time. You know, if your hourly rate is, you know, $100, $150, whatever it might be, bang, there you go. That's how much you're going to make. Just make it super simple for us, you know, put it on a plate for us. So yeah, that's that's kind of my my advice. I'd love to commandeer this conversation, just talk about what we're doing, but I don't want to do that. But one of the things you mentioned there again is, and then we'll go back, Peter. I want your thoughts on this too. Is what we call we have this presentation that we give all of our tech companies, and we did this not because we wanted to sell it or anything like that, but it was tech companies were struggling to figure out how to present their product because what they would do a tech partner team, I should say is they would say, I've got to, I need to go to this agency and present a partner track. And they'll go to marketing and say, marketing, please give me a, a deck. I need like 10 slides. And then marketing will do what marketing does. And they'll put to, together a deck that presents the product and all product, 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 maybe a little bit about customer success. I don't know. But we said, no, that's not going to work. And we did it with a few companies. And then we realized like nobody has the right idea, the right um, mentality going into these lunch and learns. So we said, okay, we'll do this. We'll get a, a design template. And we just hand this out to our tech users and say, hey, this is the track that you need to present. So it starts with alignment. You know, what is our partnership and product together for you as the agency? Let's align on verticals, use cases, price point. You know, you guys are mid-market enterprise. Maybe my solution's SMB. It's not going to work. Ways you can partner with us. Are you going to white label it? Are you going to resell it? Do you have sub accounts that you manage all of your clients? Do you have to log into all your clients' accounts? Then what keywords do you listen for or do you hear in your calls with customers that would trigger a recommendation for VideoWise or Nasta or whatever you guys are using, right? Site migration. You guys are doing CRO, so I align on your services, right? Or CX or whatever it is what products you should listen for that we integrate with. We integrate with Shopify. So we're creating that alignment. And then it's what's the partner track? Are we going on this track where you're just going to refer to us? You're not going to implement. Or what I want you to become is this implementation expert. And then I paint the track for you and I show you exactly what it is that it's going to take to reach expert status, which is what we hope and hopefully you like the idea of becoming and what am I going to do for you at each one of these stages? I'm going to give you something at each one of these stages to ensure you make it to the next stage and you show up for the calls and you do a little bit of work. So I want to dovetail this into what it is, the work that it takes. But I'll show you this incentive structure. Yes, we talk about that. Then we go into what services can you sell on top of our product? This would be video implementation on Shopify Plus. It takes this many hours to set up, expect this many hours in support. 
What am I going to do to support you? What are your sales rebuttals and FAQs for this sale? What are, what's my team going to do to support you in implementing and training and all the stuff that you need to think about? So that's the partner track presentation. But I think that's a good dovetail into like, okay, well, you guys made a big decision recently to do Shopify Plus. So I want to go into that. But Peter, I'd like your comments on what Adam and I were just talking about, about a tech team presenting what's important to you and really doing the diligence on your services. How can they do that? What is, you know, what is your recommendation there? Yeah, I think, you know, one of your slides they just touched on this is like, I feel like a lot of tech partners then push you all into the same category. Everybody just goes into the same, you're an agency partner and this is what you're going to do for us. No, we're not going to just be sending you referrals. You know, I'll give you an example of Blend. We, we're probably a mid-sized agency these days, but ultimately maximum amount of people we're going to be able to refer to you in a year. I'm talking about direct referrals. It's maybe eight to nine. You know, and that's if you are right fit for that app as well. Ultimately, we're not that type of agency. We're going to be an agency that can go and implement and do things for your, with your app and help you retain people off the back of that app. We're not somebody that's going to generate new business for you. Yes, we are. If you look at it a big, the funnel app, we're going to help you with co-marketing, but that's a funnel at a point where we can't even necessarily understand we write a blog post together with you. We don't know what, what traffic gets pushed to your blog and ultimately who converts because of the blog they read with us. You know, and, and that's, a, that's the thing. I love the fact that you've got two different ways there. You can either be somebody that refers merchants into them or you can be somebody that implements work for them. And I think that's where a lot of tech partners are, in my opinion, are getting it wrong. And they should be looking at this retention side of, hey, these guys actually help us retain merchants on our platform instead of switching over to another competitor at that point. I love that. Yeah. And we, we try to stress that to our new tech teams because they all want certain partners that they think are going to be high frequency. And, and they look at like employee size as one of their categories, one of their main filters. We give them like filters to, to shop for in our marketplace. You guys know in the partner marketplace and, and um, on the tech side, they get employee size. You guys don't have that. It's, I don't think it matters to you how many employees a tech company has or an agency. It shouldn't. It should not matter. I mean, we have some of our best agency partners that can be, uh, A, get you into bigger client accounts, you know, Shopify Plus and uh, some of the top tier HubSpot, smaller agencies, but they're doing these big builds. And they're, like you mentioned, they're creating that stickiness factor where if I go to those shops that do, you know, tons of business. I'm just going to that shop to do a quick, like first Shopify store bill. Right. And then I spend five years trying to make my store successful. But then when it is successful, then I come to a blend commerce and I need the Shopify plus migration. I need all this other stuff. And I'm going to be with you as my strategic partner for the next 10 years. Right. Yeah. And yeah. if I'm your video wise, I'm your Clavio, I'm your gorgeous partner. That for me, I think is, is, uh, is far more valuable than just getting 10 referrals a month that maybe one or two end up being a sticky customer, but you can't go back to that agency that referred them for any sort of detail or any sort of uh, help me retain them because they're churning. That's not going to happen. So yeah. I like that. I like that. And Shopify plus, Let's talk about that now. So you guys made the decision to go upstream Shopify Plus. Maybe you already have those clients. You just want to service them better. 
talk us through the idea and the decision-making and anything that went into that, Adam. Um, let's do Shopify Plus, guys. What were some of the numbers that came to mind? How much time is it going to take? What did you work with on the Shopify partner team with on the Shopify partner team to get this stuff executed? And then you had to bring the team together to get it done. Talk to us if I've never had a certification for my tech and I maybe want to do it. I, you know, what, what does it look like on the ground level for you? Yeah, sure. I mean, look, I think the thing Shopify Plus is, you know, when we start the agency, we always kind of looked at this as sort of the gold standard. So it was like, that was what we were aiming for. And I think over the years, you know, we kind of flirt with the idea of doing it, um, but we weren't probably in the right position. I think the other thing as well, I would say is there was a lot of misinformation about Shopify Plus, you know, people telling us, oh, well, you need to sub this many leads and it's going to cost you this much and da, 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 da. And basically there's a lot of BS that people talk as you know, a lot of people do in the kind of econ world. But um, from us kind of deciding to actually go for it, you know, what we essentially did is we had a conversation with our partner manager and said, look, you know, we want to go for this. You know, we want to be a plus agency because we've always kind of classified ourselves as a pre plus agency. And what I mean by that is that we've we've tended to work with other people who are just come on to Shopify plus or predominantly are about ready to go on to it, but just not quite there. So it was a bit of trepidation because we were kind of saying, look, you know, if we go to Shopify Plus, do we then lose that bit? I'll try and I'll try and understand where he was going with that. But you know, essentially it was, is this going to be beneficial for us? There's from what we had heard, a lot more work to do um on the partnership front. You know, I'm not gonna lie, getting to that status once once we identified to go to that status next, there was a lot of work. We had to work with our partner manager for three months and we had to get the whole team up to speed with all the Shopify tools, how to sell Shopify, um, how to sell Shopify plus understanding, building our documentation, our side landing pages, et cetera, to get to that point where we we're going to be ready. We also had to show Shopify that we were capable of being an agency that can identify potential Shopify plus merchants as well. So, you know, that, that was where the sort of leap of faith came in. We started working a lot more with plus um, where we're at the point now is pretty much everybody worked with is plus already, or they should be on plus. Um, you know, that's the sort of revenue that these guys are doing that we're working with. You know, but historically we were we were an agency that dealt with very small merchants and sort of track back to a point you said earlier about the company size um, and how many referrals you could probably send on to a tech partner. I would say when we we're in our year one and year two. We were dealing with up to about 500 merchants a year. So we could probably, at that point, submit a hell of a lot more leads to our tech partners. Our deal size now is a lot bigger, but we probably only deal with 10, 10 to 12 different people a year. You know, so it's, we at that point where it's like, you know, we can't refer the quantity, but the quality is definitely there. If we, if we are referring somebody across now, they're a lot bigger and they're probably going to be a bigger deal size for their tech partner. And, and, and also being your size, an agency of your size, typically you deal directly with the CEOs and founders, you know? Uh, whereas if I'm dealing with a 400 person agency, I'm dealing with one of three people on a partnerships team who don't ever touch the implementations, who aren't close to the clients, the actual end users of my product and uh, have to go uh, meet with 10 other people before they can even decide what to do with my um, my partnership, you know, internally. You know, I, I, I can't stress that enough. If you're a tech company listening, I mean, 
start your partnerships period with smaller agencies. You may only want to work with smaller agencies, but start there at least to get an idea of what it's like and what, what decisions need to happen. So Adam, before you cut out, uh, we were talking about going deep into Shopify. I think the main thing that's important for the tech teams to understand is what amount of work it is to take an agency from not certified, let's talk about that, not certified to certified, what resources need to be allocated and what team decisions need to happen. And there's risks, you know? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about some of the things that you guys talked about internally before deciding to go down this route. And you can even pull on some of your other certifications or some of the other types of relationships that you decided to put resources into. Yeah, sure. I mean, look, you know, with Shopify Plus in particular, you know, the, they're very clear, you know, at the start of the process that it is something that, you know, once you're on, you can be taken off of. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, that was that was made very clear from the outset. And, you know, in order to be able to stay on, there, there's, there's a few things that need to happen. One is that we need to deliver in terms of leads and the, con- the conversion of those leads. Uh, and the secondly is that the um, success of those stores that we work with on Shopify Plus also needs to be maintained. So obviously, look, you know, it will be, it won't be great, you know, if we were in that position where we were Shopify Plus and we were then to removed off it. So there's, there is, you know, an element of risk there, which means when it came to coming onto it, there was quite a lot of training that we had to do both from a sales perspective, a marketing perspective, a development perspective. Um, and then also, you know, we were very aware of, you know, what was possible with Shopify Plus because we were, you know, we've been developing with Shopify Plus for years now. But I think the difference is, is that when you then become that plus agency, you've got to have that uh, kind of, you know, I guess in a front of mind with every person you speak to because people that are coming to us talk about that Shopify Plus perspective of our agency. They want to know, okay, well, what are the distinct benefits of Plus? And I think, you know, sometimes it gets a little bit lost with some merchants in terms of what the true benefits are. You know, obviously, you know, three or four years ago when Shopify Plus, you know, you had, you know, each merchant had a manager, you know, an account manager, what they were called, MSN, whatever it was. You know, there were, there were probably quite a few more benefits that felt a bit more tangible. Whereas now, you know, it's more from the develop, development perspective. Yes, again, the transaction fees, you know, you, you kind of gain a little bit there, but you've also got to make sure you're at the right level from a revenue point of view. So I think we had to make sure, you know, when we were talking to those merchants that we knew our stuff and that obviously took a bit of time to make sure that we were really kind of polished on that. Um, Peter, was there anything I think we had to, we had to do from that plus perspective? No, I think that was pretty much it. Um, but I think you, you hit a great point there. It's like, when you go to this, you need to make sure that you're going to be able to sustain it because uh, the last thing you want to do is be kicked off that program. You know, it's 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 a it's great accreditation for the agency. And to go back to one of the decisions of why we did it is because we were coming up against competitors, proposal stages, and ultimately we were the only one that didn't have Shopify Plus accreditation. And if they've got the MSM on the other side of that going, oh, well, they're not Shopify Plus, ultimately you're losing some points there. Um, in that bidding process. Um, and that was just to make sure that we get that get that in our bidding process as well. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, the risks are important. Where my standpoint is, obviously, I'm in between all this, but I hear 
some numbers from some of my agencies that have been in the game for 20 years. I have a Marketo Salesforce type agency, a RevOps type agency that founder told me he allocates about 10 to $15,000 in resources for a new large platform partnership like a Marketo or Salesforce. He has it down to like, this is how much it's going to cost me and it's going to cost my agency. And that those numbers break down if you're listening as a partner manager the things that I think most partner managers don't think about is like, if Adam and Peter are going to decide video-wise, perfect example, right? That I want to partner with you. They are making a strategic decision that is going to involve multiple people. Uh, that's time resources. They pay their employees. So anytime they say, go learn this platform or come to a lunch and learn or come to a meeting to get deeper into this platform, that's money right there. Um, then there's marketing resources. If I'm going to decide to learn and get an expert status and become an experts in this product, I have to bolster that with traffic and um, and conversions on my website, meaning I have to create a funnel around this product. I have to put service pages up. I have to put blog posts up about the power of video for e-commerce, right? And that's going to take resources out of my marketing team, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, that's more money. And you're just kind of tallying up all the stuff that you need to do. Then you have to keep um, education going, right? So there's there's more product features that come out. There's more um, stuff that you need to learn. That's getting your team back to the table and saying, now video-wise is a version two. Totally different than version one. We got to basically relearn the platform, right? Twice as much time. So all of that, I mean, call whatever numbers you want to call it, but it is a lot of expense, which means that's a big risk. And then at the end of the day, like you mentioned, if you don't send enough business, you could get taken out of the partner program, which means all that was for, for nothing. Mm -hmm. Right. So I don't think tech partner managers fully grasp what it is you're doing when you're saying, I'll go down this track with you. I'll go down this road with you. Um, it's a very big risk. So that's the important thing to understand. But Adam, let's mention that real quick. Any of any other risks that I didn't mention there that equate to resource allocation with regards to a new tech partnership? I mentioned a few just off the top of my head, but did I forget any big ones? Yeah, no, I think I think you're absolutely spot on. And you know, I think the the thing is that it's it's kind of going back, isn't it, Alex, to what we said about the start is that if you're very clear about what that agency can do to make money out of you as a tech partner then if you are if you need them to then go and do those lunch and learns and that training and all that stuff then that's fine it's like you know with Clavio yeah okay we we're, we're, we're consistently having to learn and put our team through training but i don't really care because at the same time we're making you know x thousand dollars a month out of them from retainers okay fine like that's great you know but we we've had instances in the past where you know we've had some tech partners come to us and i remember one in particular it was dreadful they expected our account managers um, to be on training with them for three hours a week for, I think it was six weeks. And I'm just like, you're having a laugh. You're actually having a laugh. <laughs> um, and you know, the solution they got, we couldn't even build a retainer out of anyway. It was a pure play, you know, install, you know, get 20% referral. Like, think about it. Think about <laughs> these things. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm still, you can tell I'm still a bit triggered by that one. 
I won't name names, but uh, yeah, you know no, who you it's are. Frustrating. It's it's so frustrating because it's like uh, they the partner managers are taken through onboarding, and typically they came from a sales role or they came from a marketing role, so they've just been neck deep in product for the last however many months they've been at at that company. Usually months, rarely years. And further, they've never been a digital agency, let alone a founder of a digital agency. Rarely, not never, but rare, rarely. And then uh, also, I mean, they're just kind of bombarded with training that's all product based. They don't kind of get through any sort of training and guidance on what it is like to be an agency or or where does our product fit into their services or how do you look at a service page and then fit our product into that page and how do you determine alignment before you get into their email box and then uh, we're going to force you to just get on a call with adam and peter based on just this commission number that you can throw at them that's all we're going to give you <laughs> and i mean thankfully some of our tech companies a good number now more often are, are um, are listening to us and, and actually giving their partner managers more to come to you guys with than just the product mm -hmm. and the commission, co-marketing, co-selling relationships, referrals, like you mentioned, referrals are number one. If I can come to your inbox with, I've got a Shopify plus store that needs a UX agency and I can get you into their inbox. I mean, you're going to return my email, but let's be honest, we all don't have that. That's going to be very few and far between. So we have to come to you with more than that. Um, so we did this actually recently, we did this exercise with Luz, one of our tech users, where what happened behind the scenes that you guys didn't see is uh, Ben, shout out to Ben Reynolds over at Luz, great product, great person, great partner opportunity. They came to me and they said, Alex, do you know Adam and Peter over at Blend? I was like, you know what? I don't know them personally. But, you know, if you have something I can bring to them, I will bring that to them. That's my agreement. It's like, I'm not just going to start an email thread based on how cool of a guy you are, Ben. Give me something to give them. And then he sends me this awesome co-marketing offer that I thought was valuable. Luz is a good brand. They've got a good domain authority. They've got a blog that reaches Shopify Plus e-commerce brands. And they're willing to include you guys in that. So I said, sure. I start the conversation. It's up to you guys from there. But then Ben has to kick it into gear and say, okay, well, now I got to convert this co-marketing partnership to a co-selling potentially into a potential implementation, maybe a referral in there. And I've got to get this going. So the advice to the teams on that front, love to hear both of your advice, uh, what it is these teams can do to say, you know, you're taking my time. I'm going to give you a little bit of the time because I'm going to get something in return. But if you want me to continue looking deeper into your product and solution, let's take some of the things we mentioned and kind of articulate that into like, what is the prescriptive sort of next few steps that that person, Ben, in this case at Luz, should be taking to ensure that he has your attention and that you'll actually look at Luz, not through just a backlink co-marketing lens, but look at Luz as, hey, I could potentially include them in this over here. How much of that is on Ben? to make sure you look at it like that. And then how much of it is on you and what should, what, what actually happened, I guess that would be more of a conversation. Let's, let's talk about that real quick. 
I mean, look, ultimately, I think it was a great way for you to get them in front of us. Um, it was an outreach from you to say, hey, guys, look, these guys have asked specifically about you and they've got this opportunity. Yet we've handed them over to, to the person that's hand, handling partnerships at Blend. I know that they've had an initial call and an initial demonstration. And I think that that initial marketing opportunity is, is something that we're looking at right now. But I mean, ultimately, that is, we're looking at like, how do we get that first thing done and then go and look at a partnership? I think the worst thing that can happen is, hey, guys, let's sign this massive agreement um, and then nothing happen off the back of it. Um, you know, I don't know how many times we've been saying, hey, here's our partnership agreement and an NDA that covers everything. And then, you know, somewhere in there is written you can never talk about another app that slightly competes with our app. And it's like, whoa, hold on, yeah, that's never going to happen. Um, you know, we, we're always going to talk about the best thing that we can find. And if that happens to be your competitor and we partner with you, sorry, guys, we're still going to talk about that, you know, and, that, and that's the th sort of thing. It's like, let's forget the paperwork in the beginning. Let's start building up a relationship you know, reciprocity, you know, that's that's the thing that if they give us a gift, ultimately, you know, here's a lead. Adam was talking about earlier, video-wise, hey, guys, here's a lead. All of a sudden, you go, hey, okay, well, these guys are scratching my back. Let's scratch their back. And ultimately, that's the best way to start that partnership. Yeah, eventually, you're going to want to do some paperwork because there's going to be something involved there at some point that you need to do, especially if you're going to get deeper into their platform and understand a little bit more than, than anybody. Yeah, they're probably going to want you to sign an NDA at that point. But signing it before you've even done anything, you know, it seems a bit crazy mm -hmm. uh, at that point as well. Let's have a kiss before we get married, basically, I think is yeah. you know, the way we look at it. And I, th I was going to say the other thing as well, Alex, like if, if tech partners are listening to this, also don't worry about kind of thinking, look, you know, you've got to make, you know, when we say introduce a lead, it doesn't need to be, look, this person, you know, has got $100,000 to spend. It could just be the case they're interested in your solution and they mention they might need an agency to help them because ultimately those conversations that we have, we can turn into something that might be a bit, you know, meatier then or even in, you know, six, 12 months time because, you know, ultimately you can then help us fill our pipeline, you know, in six or 12 months. So even if it is that just general interest, you know, and and the the merchants happy to make the introduction. That's that's another great way of doing it. It doesn't need to be, you know, look, they've got you know thousands of dollars to spend right now, but they're interested. I'm going to chat about what you could potentially do with them. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and I I really like what you said, Peter, about the about the contracts. You know, I think uh, you guys are spot on in that. Too many partnerships teams they they fall into this. Um, they fall into this. It's almost like a sales goal right where you guys are talking to a partnerships person they're almost like a salesperson typically at most orgs um and their ring the bell goal is like when you sign that contract that's like their first sort of thing and um and that's incentivized by their upper management and the ceo because they feel like i'm not gonna let one of our employees spend time with this agency unless they're signed up which i kind you know you kind of like yeah makes sense in part but in practice, it prevents any partnership conversation from happening because I haven't given you anything except for just showing you my partner presentation. That's all I've given you is that, which really is just a, a you know, you've, I've taken some time from you and I haven't given you anything yet. And, uh, and then I come to you with this contract and say, you know what, in order for us to do anything more, 
we have to sign this. And um, one of the top products in the world did this to their partners recently, not recently, like a year ago, they sent out a contract with an exclusivity clause. They didn't have one in their agreement. It was drift. I'll just say it because they, they're big enough. They don't, it's not going to hurt them at all, but the great product. I use it. I use it on my site. Killer product. The partnership team had something kind of going, but I think what happened, and I don't know personally what happened is upper management maybe stepped in and said, okay, how many of these people are signed up? And then they said, okay, well, how many of these are exclusive? And they saw money being spent on the partnership team. And then they probably said something on the long lines of, you know, we're getting very competitive with all these other tools out there, video, chat, email. Let's get an exclusivity clause. And then they sent out an email to all their partners just saying, hey, we need to update this contract. And in that email was a contract with an exclusivity clause, which was different than the agreement they had signed. So it's almost like we're updating our terms of service. But imagine Shopify Plus or one of your partners, maybe Shopify Plus probably does have some level of exclusivity. But imagine video-wise just said, we need to update our terms of service, sent you a contract, didn't tell you what the changes were. And then it, hopefully you read it, but maybe you don't read it and you sign it. And then one day, another product, Firework or Show Day or one of these other video products comes to you and says, hey, we've actually got a client that we'd love to collaborate with you. And you want that client, you're not going to say no. And then you implement and you help support the Firework product on top of their website. Oh, crap. Video Wise comes in and wants something from you in return or wants you to rip that product out. Terrible, terrible all around. It's more of a give before you get. So anything on that? And then I want to end with um, some recommendations that we have for partnerships teams along the lines of this. This is what spurred the conversations. If you're just listening, I'm showing Peter's post on LinkedIn where he said most partner programs are lopsided and rewarding agencies that focus on referrals and getting the customer to start using the product, aka an acquisition, and little to no reward or recognition goes to those agencies that help retain customers on their app or platform. That spurred a lot of conversation. I posted something about it, had a huge comment thread. A lot of people were really interested in this, and I think for good reason. So what made you mention this, talk about this, uh, Peter, and then um, and then how can we maybe advise tech teams out there that are struggling to do this incentive around retention? Anything tangible, maybe another partner does for you guys that made you post this? I mean, any any comments on that? I feel, I feel like I'm going to get in trouble with this post. Yeah. Um, just like getting, getting called into the headmaster's office for this one. Um, Look, it was probably just born out of frustration because of, I think we do partner with a lot of people, but we're not seen as this premium, premium partner. Um, and I think, you know, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that we do for our partners that I think our partners love, but ultimately there's no, there's no sort of recognition for our partner managers even to then go up to their, their bosses and say, Hey guys, you know what, this is, this is why Blend's such a great partner. This is why I want to spend time on them, you know, and nurture that relationship. Because ultimately, they, they're getting to say, well, why are, you, why are you spending so much time with these guys? They're not bringing any leads. And it's like, well, hold on here. This is what they are doing for you guys. I think that was where it was. It was sort of born out of frustration, um, getting passed from partner manager to partner manager, because ultimately, you know, all of them are going, well, we need to spend time with these guys, but we can't because we've been told we can't. And I think that's sort of where it all came from. A bit, bit spiteful from from my side, to be dead honest with you. Um, but also, you know, like getting into the space and the more and more that we network with with these guys and what we're doing sort of in our, in our second company that we've got going, 
understanding that this is something they should be looking at. And this is where a lot of different agencies are going. We're going down this retention route. And also, you know, this is what our partners preach. We're talking about selling solutions to merchants who must retain their customers, but then we're not even practicing what we're preaching with our own partnerships that we've got with tech partners and agencies. And I think that's the whole thing. I'm going, well, we've, we've got, we work with these guys that are our partners and we build solutions on them. We're basically making that moat bigger and bigger and bigger for them that they, for them to then go and switch to one of the competitors, they're going to have to spend crazy amounts of money to get another agency or us, probably not us because we won't want to work with that solution, to build that same level of complexity into their app for them to use that thing that, that's competing with them. So ultimately, these guys are never going to leave the platform that they're on because it's just going to be far too expensive to go to something else. And I just wish that tech partners would understand that a little bit more and reward agencies for, that are working with their with their platform and building it out and making it more extensible. And I'll, I'll just nip something in the bud. I think if if you're a junior, or even just in earlier days, partner manager, you'd be, you'd be like, oh, no, we pay you commission. If you sell more on that account, your commission goes up and, uh, you know, you get a percentage of the value. So if you tier them up to a higher tier, your commission check goes up and that's what, and that's retention and we're paying you for that. But that's not what you're talking about. There's definitely a lot more that goes into it. Uh, it's not, it's not, um, what is the word I'm thinking of? It, it's not the same sort of linear chart of like, I'm spending this much time with a customer and my commissions are going the same, going at the same trajectory, right? That's not, that's not what happens in reality. What happens yeah. is you guys are going to spend exponentially more time when a client that's on that product says, eh, you guys recommended this. I need to pull it out. It's not working for us. That means you guys have to kick into overdrive. You guys have to work. It's like a fire you got to put out almost because, you know, obviously it's not just the commission that are going to go away. It's a lot of the expertise and the you guys are knowledgeable about that product, not the competitor. So you want them to stay and you're spending a ton of time on that and you're just not seeing benefits back or not even the benefits. You're not seeing any or even yeah. incentives really from. The yeah, it's, the, to do it's the incentive side of that. You know, and it's not. I'm not even asking for an incentive on that. What, what I'm asking for is just the recognition. Yeah. Um, you know, like when people have different partnership sizes and, and different, you know, labels on that partnership and who's their premium versus their non-premium. It's exactly what you say, Alex. It's if we got somebody coming to us and say, hey guys, well, I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna leave gorgeous. I'm you know, I'm using gorgeous as an example. I love gorgeous. I'm gonna leave gorgeous because it can't do XYZ thing. And then we get into overdrive, like you say, to figure out how we can make a solution around that instead of them switching to a competitor that's going to have way less features for them, but it might solve that one problem that they've got. And rather coming up with a solution, and that's exactly what you say, we spend so much more time doing that than actually it takes to sell them onto Gorgeous in the first place. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, sorry, Gorgeous, I'm not pointing fingers at you. I promise you, I do we love, love you, you guys. We love you. <laughs> I would say I just this is an example. I, I mean, the partner teams that I talk to, the personas, I mean, I talk to the team at Gorgeous almost daily um, now. And, you know, I the, the differences I see and hear between the Gorgeous of the world and those tech companies that are, they know they're the underdogs. They know they have to like really fight for any partner that they get. Um, it's just night and day. And it's so interesting for me to to kind of work with those teams that are like, they know that they're, if, if you implement their product, the next day, the competitor is going to be on that store's 
uh, in that store's DMs on, on their CMOs, you know, chats all day, just like, why did you implement an inferior tool? And it's going to be back at you. They're going to point to you and say, our partner, our agency told us that this is the one that they recommend for, and they probably don't even understand the reasoning, really. They just trust you guys. So it falls on your heads to keep that product in play because yes, it's your reputation. Yes, it's money, but maybe you do really know it's the better product, even though technically it's not the highest rated on G2 crowd or it doesn't have as many users, but you know for your expert reason why that should be in there. But I do believe incentivizing based on retention is, is something those teams especially need to very clearly articulate and help you guys with. And one of the things I'm just throwing it out there is almost like an MLM scenario where you guys are working with earlier stage partners in the program, getting on calls, product calls as well, and you're paid for it. You're just honestly paid a, a retainer almost for your time to, to spend with earlier agencies that are trying to become Shopify plus agencies, as well as getting on product calls with the Shopify plus team. And that almost is like, their way of saying, we, we can't put a percentage and there's no way for us to know how much time you spend on that client. you know. So we can't really give a number based on that because there's no way for them to track it. But because you guys are awesome and we want you to keep doing what you're doing, here's another thing over here that we're going to include you in. Mm-hmm. That's something I've talked to a few and they can do stuff like that. So it's almost yeah. like, imagine if you had two people under you, two agencies under you, and you're showing up to one product call that would be five grand a month. And then you got a third agency under you, mentoring almost, that's 15 grand a month, something like that. And you're required to show up to, you know, maybe one more product call or something like that. You'd be almost like, I, I, HubSpot has a name for these types of partners, but you, pay, you get paid for it. So anyways, we're past time. Um, you guys have a holiday to get back to. Any final <laughs> words, Adam? We just heard from Peter. Any final words on everything we just mentioned? Words of advice? takeaways anything at all yeah i mean to to wrap up you know like i said before make introductions to merchants know about how small it is um get involved with co-marketing from early stage don't go in and pitch your 20 percent commission whatever it might be um just basically have a bloody good chat with us and let's work out actually if you like us if we like you and then let's see if we can do some business together. So yeah, just just be a bit more human, and that yeah. needs to be for agencies and tech partners because look, agencies are better as well as being robotic, you know, cyborgs sometimes too. So <laughs> we're all in it together. Give before you take. Um, Amen. Really come to Adam and Peter and any agencies with exactly what they're going to do with your product. Don't waste any of their time. Come to them with that first thing that you're going to do with them to make sure that they're not spinning their wheels and wasting any time. So at least I'm saying, hey, I want you to take me in and do a lunch and learn, have me for a lunch and learn. But I know that's time, that's expense. I'm going to highlight you in next week's newsletter that goes out to 30,000 D2C brands, Waveflyer just did that and it works really well. And now you're like, okay, Waveflyer, sure, I'll give you 30 minutes of my time. You know, you, you highlighted me in front of 30,000 merchants. It's the least I could do, right? Mm-hmm. Give exactly. before you ask and then work as a human to human. What can we do to build business together? And then what do you need from me to stay on this track and get your team involved to get to this end goal? Be honest with me about what you need from me. 
I'll, I'll make sure to deliver that. If I can't deliver that, I won't bother you until I can deliver that. And then no one's wasting each other's time. Everybody's happy. Partnership happens. Cool. Awesome, guys. Fantastic. Been a pleasure. Thanks for helping put this together. Peter, Adam, you've been awesome. awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Alex. Thanks for having us. Take care, guys. We'll chat online. See ya. Cheers, bye.